This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Complete Guide to Everything, a podcast about everything. I'm one of your hosts, Tom. And I'm Tim. Tim, how are you doing this week? Tom, I'm fired up. Yeah? How come? Just normal kind Just of normal, uh, fired lust up. for life. Wow. Uh, well, I'm injured. I'd like it. Yeah, we'll let the the record show that you're injured. How did yeah. what? What's I don't injured? know what happened. I it, it, my Achilles tendon really hurts on one foot. This is not both. Yeah, at least it's not both. You're right, but uh, I don't know. It keeps hurting more and more. I've got ice on it right now. And you now. didn't do. You're not a very Tom. Mm-hmm. Is this gonna offend you? <laughs> You're not a very active person. No, is that is that's not offensive. Right? No, I I I'm trying to be more active, yeah. but it's hard when my body is working against me. Yeah, in such a cruel way. So if I can describe what's going on now, uh-huh. <laughs> right now you're readjusting. You have a belt around your ankle. Yeah. Well, the belt was your idea. You had, and it's uh, securing an ice pack yeah. in place, but not very well. Not very well at all. I'm gonna do it with my hand from now on. Okay. If only my hand hurt too, this would be great. <laughs> yeah, ice packs, Tom. Yeah, I don't think they actually do anything. <laughs> you don't think anything does anything? Yeah, I think you just got to power through whenever no, you have No, ice packs. Pain. When's the last time you've used an ice pack? Um, not that long ago. I've had like neck pain. Why do you use it if you don't think they work? Because what else are you gonna do? <laughs> I mean, you can try complaining about it on a podcast. Yeah, I mean, is it working for you? It's probably it is, working about as well as the ice. It's making me feel a lot better. No, the ice helps because it's, it's like inflamed. I can feel it's like puffy for some reason. Yeah. So it's uh, it's helping lower that inflammation. Yeah. Tim, I'll be running uh, 100-yard dashes back and <laughs> forth here before the time the episode's over. Yeah. I think I think... I think you're going to be okay, but yeah. I really wish you would. Uh... I just want everybody to know that I'm doing this on not under duress. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> like you were uh, holding no, no, a gun to my you're, head. Uh, heroically. Uh, yeah. A, a true professional. Injured. Yeah. Like, uh, what's his face? The uh, the famous quarterback from the recent Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, Mahomes? Yeah, didn't yeah, he like, yeah. screw up his ankle? Yeah, it, yeah. This we is have, exactly like Pat Mahomes. We have a Pat lot Mahomes. in common. Yeah. yeah. Pat Mahomes? Um, maybe. Pete Mahomes? <laughs> Peppy? Peppy Mahomes? <laughs> <laughs> You're thinking Peppy Le Pew, Yeah. I'm and guess what? Uh, he's been canceled. Peppy Le Pew's been canceled for what? Uh, Tom, for trying to find love, he wasn't trying. He he was doing it in a bad way. Speaking of canceled <laughs> uh, d- d- cartoons, uh-huh. Tom, this week, yeah, we're talking about Dilbert. Yeah, Dilbert. Well, Dilbert hasn't been canceled. Well, I mean, I guess his strip, comic yeah, has, yeah. like literally. Yeah. All right. Against all odds, mm-hmm. it's 2023. Yeah. And Dilbert is in the news. <laughs> kind of. I feel like the creator of Dilbert's in the news. And as a result, like as a footnote, it's like you probably didn't realize that papers are still running new uh, strips of Dilbert every day. Uh, well, they're not anymore. Right. So Dilbert is a comic strip that mm-hmm. appeared up until recently primarily in newspapers. Yeah. And newspaper comics, particularly at this time, mm-hmm. is the weirdest freaking world, right? Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know too much about what the current comic strip landscape well, looks like. Well, the way that I'm thinking of it is mm-hmm. that like newspaper dist- <laughs> right, like, distribution exists. is like at an all time low, right? Mm-hmm. Like fewer yeah. and fewer people are reading the newspaper. In- yeah, and. If you're interested in newspaper comics, mm-hmm. you can just go to the syndicate's website, whatever, you know. Uh, yeah. I don't even know if newspapers, you know, if you're reading a newspaper online, yeah, I don't if you think can you get can... their funny pages. I don't think you can. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you can get, usually you can get like the word jumble and the uh, uh, crossword and online? stuff. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, for some papers, at least. I, but again, I'm thinking maybe like papers that do their own, yeah. not ones that carry like syndicated yeah. uh, crosswords or whatever. But I think that stuff you can just get. Like you can go to a comic site and mm-hmm. just be like, hey, here's today's Dilbert. Here's yeah. today's Peanuts. Are they still running classic Peanuts? Probably. 
Why not? Peanuts is great. Mm-hmm. Peanuts, Tom. Yeah. Is great. <laughs> that, you said that already. You got Charlie Brown, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Lovable loser. Uh-huh. Um, you got he's lovable to us, but like literally everyone on the in the strip treats yeah. him like crap. You got Lucy, who's mm-hmm. just a jerk all yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's like Linus too, I think. <laughs> yep, yeah, at least three characters: Snoopy, yeah, Woodstock. See, I think what happened is, as kids, mm-hmm. you got Snoopy there, and uh, you think, like, oh, this is a like, talking dog comic. Yeah, hey, but no, talk. it's about sad kids. <laughs> yeah, it's about depressed children and a dog that doesn't talk and uh, has a friend that's only a bird. Yeah, not only a bird. Only has a friend that. I mean, a bird. he is only a bird. Yeah, he's like a pretty smart for a bird, though. Yeah, I don't know. Whenever he talks, you just, you just see like little sticks in the bubble. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the world of comic strips in 2023 is is weird to begin with, but like it's always been weird. It it's crazy that there are new comic strips every day. Like that's, that's a lot to do. Not a lot, like no, very few comics are drawn very like, you know, in, in great detail where you'd look at it and be like, Oh wow, that must've taken hours to draw. But to come up with like a joke that works in like three panels. It's very, it's a very funny medium that is like in the newspaper, we're going to print like a series of like one liners. <laughs> yeah, essentially. <laughs> With like goofy characters. And this will be in the newspaper for some reason. Yeah, there will be little um just like little jokes. They like but not very funny, not like laugh out loud funny. Yeah. Maybe you'll get a huh out of it. Yeah. And I then, mean the lockhorns mm-hmm. consistently funny. Well, that's even that's a one panel. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I think I'd rather draw a one panel than a three panel. I think I'd I'd do a better job at that. That's harder. I mean, yeah? it's a lot less to draw. <laughs> well, it's a one, third less drawing. Yeah, but one panel is usually less. have more detailed drawings than three panels, I feel like. Maybe. It depends on, hey, huh. if we're thinking of uh, Walt Kelly's Pogo. Yeah. Then, uh, you're, but like back in the day, mm-hmm. back when it was like, you'll be on the front page, you'll be like, Paul, Pearl Harbor was attacked. And then you'd be like, <laughs> oh God. And then you like go to 30 pages in and like, then it would be like a full color, yeah, full, um, well, full page. Not not when Pearl Harbor was attacked. <laughs> Why? They didn't have full color newspapers then. The the funny pages. I don't think they had. Not for the funny. Well, we'll put the Pearl Harbor being attacked in black and white, but make sure uh, Peanuts is in color or whatever. Peanuts wasn't around back yeah, then. Yeah, no, that's when like Pogo and like Crazy Cat or whatever <laughs> was like. Uh, really I don't big. think so. I think that was before all that. I don't know, Tom. I think that was still when they had like a like the yellow kid. Is that what I'm thinking of? The yellow kid. There was like a uh, an old comic that was like the yellow kid, and it's like where yellow journalism comes from. The uh-huh. the phrase I forget. Look it up. Go to a library. <laughs> what are you coming to this show for information <laughs> for? Um, um, yeah, and then like it just got scaled back more and more, mm-hmm. but people were still like, yep. We need to keep the funny pages in here. Yeah. And well, it wasn't necessarily for kids. And then there was like serious ones like Apartment 3G. <laughs> well, I think also since all of these are syndicated, that it must just be that the newspapers pay so little for it, you know, on mm-hmm. on average. That's like, look, the funny pages costs to license that every day costs less to fill a page than it does paying reporters uh, or whatever. Yeah. So like, so why not just keep running it? Yeah. So they just lay off the reporters and syndicate more. Then wouldn't they want more than three panels? Wouldn't they be like, Hey, well, that's what Sunday's for the Sunday papers. Yeah. But the way that I, so the only comic that I really know about besides Dilbert Oddly <laughs> yeah, which is, we'll uh, get to. Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah, of course. And it's a uh, uh, wonderful creator, uh, Bill Watterson, mm-hmm. who's just like a, a crank in the best way. Right. The, the um, anti-Scott Adams. Exactly. And he uh, he would always like fight the newspapers because they wanted to give less and less space mm. to the comics. Right. And it'd be like, if it's really that cheap to syndicate, wouldn't they be like, 
yeah, sure, we'll pay the same price and just give us a six-page Calvin and Hobbes every Sunday, right? Um, well, I, I wonder if that had to do with the yeah the ink by the barrel (laughs) well i was gonna say the sunday paper like the color comics i remember like a lot of calvin and hobbs comics were huge they took up like half the page i know he negotiated that he was just like uh you know what i don't want to like they like uh they would often Mm. so like you know how it's like three three rows yeah yeah a lot of uh, in the Sunday comics, right? Mm-hmm. So like, um, it'd be a rectangle, like split into thirds. Yeah. Um, and the top, like the 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 top row mm-hmm. of of panels, would always have to be a throwaway joke because a lot of newspapers would cut that off oh, and just okay. start with the second and just sort of the second and third. Mm. And Bill Watterson was like, "No, like if you <laughs> want my comic strip." And uh, yeah, then don't don't throw and, part like, of it away. Newspapers were like, no, we'll buy it and do what we want. And then like he like I don't know, it's just like okay, I'll stop. We'll stop giving it to you. Yeah, he played chicken a lot and he won. Yeah, he went on all these sabbaticals and uh, <laughs> his syndicate was just like, all right, we have to let you. He's like, if you don't let me do this, I'll just quit. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, yeah, he probably will. <laughs> just yeah. go live in a cabin somewhere. Well, but I mean, but I... then once they agreed to it. Mm-hmm. Like you'll see his Sunday comics like weren't even in panels. It was just like this big rectangle that like he yeah. did whatever he wanted in it. A great man, Bill Waterson. Well, I was gonna say that he he was uh you know, like a true uh I don't know, like artist of the of the format. Not to say that there aren't other people Not that are like that, that. Scott Adams isn't a true artist. <laughs> no, but he was like I feel like he was really trying to push the medium a lot. Yeah. Like he he was doing stuff that uh other people hadn't tried before. And you know, there there are things like Far Side that were also doing things people hadn't done before. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. I think like during that time in the nineties was like a very interesting time for newspaper comics. Mostly and, and just it was, the far side in Calvin and Hobbes. Uh, and that was awesome. And no. that one week mm. where Vandals uh, broke into uh, whatever uh, distributed uh, peanuts uh-huh. and drew hair onto Charlie Brown for a full week. Wait, what? <laughs> there, there was a week. I don't know if this was just in our local paper. <laughs> okay. Newsday. Or if it was like... Uh, you know, nationwide. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, this one Monday through Friday, they printed peanuts. And whenever Charlie Brown was in it, there was hair scribbled on because he had a bald head. Yeah. Somebody scribbled hair, vandals. And nobody realized that during like the whole process? I don't think anybody was paying attention to the funny page. And I think they, they were like, this is the strip we got. We got to run it. Like, yeah. We're on deadline they, here. They and ever... they, when they noticed it, somebody yelled, stop the presses. <laughs> right. Uh, and nobody noticed that? I mean, I noticed I, well, it. Well, I mean, uh, or, or no, my question was, uh, did they ever catch the vandals? Why do you say vandals like it was multiple people? <laughs> I mean, they had one see, who was a lookout. Maybe. How, <laughs> one how do you, who was the hair scribbler. Of, hold on. Charlie Brown hair 90s. <laughs> Because that strikes me as like having been somebody who worked there doing that. I don't. It's still a vandal. Yeah, but I can't. But you said somebody broke in and did it. (laughs) And I think if somebody broke in, you're saying it's an inside job. Yeah, I don't think they would even know where to find the newspaper. Like, if you had the idea, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to break in and I'm going to put hair on Charlie Brown. Where would you start? You you start uh, staking it out. Staking out what? The newspaper stand? You You gotta do your research. Do it paper by paper. Yeah. (laughs) You work your way up. Yeah. Tom, Mm -hmm. it happened. It affected me. Um, They did a little story about it on the news. Yeah. I remember. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's like, and then the lighter side. I was like, it's not a lighter. This is is, is a crime. Yeah. It's somebody uh, vandalizing art. Yeah. Uh, but as you alluded to, Tim, you you grew up, you were a big Dilbert head. And is it correct to say you're a bigger fan now than ever? Tom, I wasn't a big Dilbert head, uh-huh. but 
I enjoyed the newspaper comics. Okay. Even though like I'd read Doonesbury every day and I didn't know <laughs> what the hell was going on. Yeah. Yeah, I was the same. I always read the comics and like loved Calvin and Hobbes, loved the far side. Uh, like enjoyed Garfield, enjoy, yeah, enjoyed fine. enjoyed Peanuts, uh, even occasionally enjoyed Kathy. Yeah, uh, it, well, it wasn't for you, Tom. I know, but I I could still read it, and it mm. it broadened my horizons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then there were always like weird ones in there where it's like I don't know who this is for. <laughs> who was reading Brenda Starr in 1996? Exactly. Or even like, uh, I remember as a kid always getting excited uh, that there was a Spider-Man comic strip. but it was Not like, in the newspaper I got, let me tell you. No? That was in like the Daily News or something. Yeah, like I think that. so. Um, and oh, it was Daily Bugle. <laughs> uh, yeah, every week uh, when the editor-in-chief couldn't get pictures of Spider-Man, he instead just had somebody draw some and put it in the paper. But they were just like the worst Spider-Man comics. Uh, I don't know if they were reprint. I don't think so. They, they must've been just for the newspaper, but it was always just like, you know, uh, uh, a, a comic book has pages in it. Right. They would still kind of tell the same type of story, but just in like an abbreviated format. Yeah. But not even really. It was like the only thing that is free to a kid. You it is. To go to the, the but the only thing store. they were really pulling from was like the 1960s Spider-Man. Did he fight Doc Ock? Yeah, but yeah, like, but cool. he never fought Venom or right. like any of the newer characters that that they had come up with. And especially as like a comic book kid in the 90s, that I was like, oh man, I want to see uh, you know uh, uh, Ben Riley, the the clone of Peter Parker that doesn't know he's a clone. Yeah, it's we like, all wanted to see Ben Riley, the clone <laughs> that didn't know he was a clone. But it's like they're not going to put that shit in the newspaper. They're going to have him fight Rhino again. How are you gonna How are you gonna explain that in three panels? <laughs> exactly. So it was just kind of dumbed down. I feel like half most of the comic was just him arguing with J. Jonah Jameson every week. Right. Like a lot of the comic took place in the Daily Bugle, and maybe maybe that was smart. Maybe that was intentional. They were like you know what we'll uh, keep these newspaper men happy we'll set most of our comic in a newspaper yeah. office hey flattery yeah we'll get you everywhere <laughs> in the newspaper world um but i i remember reading dilbert as a kid uh but n- i don't remember it i i don't remember like disliking it like it it wasn't like um like uh uh what Bloomsbury Bloomsday Doonesbury Doonesbury or what's the other Bloom one Bloom County Bloom County We're that like, also I never had any idea well, what the hell was like, going on well like those went over my head yeah uh there was bl- like wordplay in them and stuff yeah and, and it was like oh there's a joke about you know Nixon's second presidential <laughs> campaign yeah, yeah. it's like why well, I don't know what that is um but uh so Dilbert didn't go over my head but it, it but it also never really clicked it, with me did go over my head quite a bit because it was a lot of it like okay explain what dilbert is for anybody looking to get into it now <laughs> yeah um good luck and i will say let's sir um this guy scott adams that uh-huh. created dilbert um i don't think he's a good man no i think he's a like a bad guy yeah he's been a bad guy for a long time and- but like also like who should know that? Like, <laughs> unless the the comic strip is about bad ideas mm. and bad thoughts and yeah. bad opinions, which it wasn't Sometimes at the time, was, but like yeah. morphed into that. Like, we shouldn't know anything about the guys that draw the comics. Yeah. Right? What do you know about well, but, Jim Davis? But you know about uh, Bill Watterson. I know that he's. Uh, I know he. <laughs> I know his like philosophies on mm. like. Um, his art. Oh, okay. Right, but like, not I don't like know. his personal I'm, opinions look, about. I probably don't want to know Bill Watterson's personal <laughs> politics, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and guess what? Yeah, exactly. I know that like he doesn't like commercialization of his art. Yeah. Um, and you know he wants to control, um, how. His art is uh, put out there. Yeah, and and who profits from it. And, mm-hmm. like, that's great. That's fine. I, yeah. I respect that. But, like, I don't want to know his thoughts on, like, the Second Amendment. I like, yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, what are you making fart noises with it, that, that thing? That was the, the ice pack. Okay. 
Is that is that just good for uh, my ankle? Although my ankle still really hurts, it didn't. Eh, maybe it did. Eh, it did a little bit. Um, but I think this is this is a main. This is a bad thing about mm-hmm. modern life, is that we know a lot about thoughts of people that like. Why do we know Pat Sajak's politics? <laughs> like, why do we know yeah. anything about um anything like anybody's? thinking if they're just like well why do people know our politics tim they don't tom we're ciphers (laughs) um but yeah as you were saying uh uh scott adams uh for anybody that doesn't know uh he he i guess what was it a week or two ago now in the news gilbert's in the news he's in the news because he said unabashedly racist things yeah segregationist like uh yeah. things that that white people black people don't like white people according to some survey which I like he, get he got this. wrong it a, anyway yeah, and it was like a white supremacist phrase that, yeah like, it's whatever it is whatever mm-hmm. he will yeah. defend his you know in in his shitty edgelord way i don't even yeah, know if that's yeah. it but like he'll be like well, if you use logic, technically what I was saying wasn't racist yeah. because it's like, shut up. Like, yeah. Guy stinks. Yeah. And, well, and he, and um, he blamed the press when it's like, it was your live stream. Yeah. And, it, and it's like, people aren't reading the, you know, the New York Times account of this. They're going on Twitter or Facebook or whatever and watching this like minute and a half long clip unedited of you saying horrible things that even even if it was like that was taken out of context, you can't take it out. You can't take what he said out of context, but he's not even claiming. Uh, No, I guess he is kind of claiming it was taken out of context. Right. But again, Um, it's like what what context unless you were pretending to be somebody else saying this well he also says like i've been identifying as black for a while because i like to be on the winning team yeah yeah and i like to help and i always thought if you help the black community that's sort of the biggest lever you could find the biggest benefit and then he says well that uh, i mean that is the thing that he's the second most famous for is all the help he's given the black community Yeah, exactly and then he said, I would say, based on the current way things are going, the best advice I would give to white people is to get the hell away from black people. Just yeah. get the F away. Wherever you have to go, just get away. There's no fixing this. And thing. then he said that's what he did. Yeah. Anyway, look, mm-hmm. I didn't even want to get into this. We could have just said, like, he's a Yeah, he's but some, a bad people, some people don't know what, what, what it was he did. Yeah. You know, some people aren't buying the newspaper for the funny pages or go, or going online for the funny pages. This is on the front page, Tom. And happening to see, uh, you know, uh, uh, the comic book news is comic strip news. Dilbert mm-hmm. is an American comic strip written and illustrated by Scott Adams, first published on April 16th, 1989. Wow. Yeah. I didn't realize it was that old. It is known for its satirical office humor about a white-collar micromanaged office with engineer Dilbert as the title character. Um, very successful. Very successful in the 90s. I think yeah, it uh, definitely like overlapped with the things that made the movie Office Space. Um, yeah, so yeah. You know, as the idea of like cubicles were becoming a thing uh, and... I guess office culture was changing. Yeah. Uh, and he just kind of really, yeah, caught into that, ta- tapped into the zeitgeist. I was going to say, like, the Drew Carey show, I feel like, kind of did that yeah. too. Yeah. Um, of like, ah, office work stinks, huh? Like, you have mm-hmm. to work with all these weird people and, and your bosses are stupid. And yeah, about like uh, management being dumb. And right. Like, um, I guess it probably coincided with, the larger culture shift from mm-hmm. like manufacturing to office work. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And companies um, becoming primary... larger and yeah. Um, anyway, cut to 1995 when I'm 13 years old. Uh-huh. And so this is like all, you know, the panels are all about like, Oh yeah. Like, um, you're 13. You've just started your first office job. <laughs> yeah. Like I had no, okay, here's this has been uh, judged the number one best Dilbert uh, <laughs> cartoon by uh, CorporateCompliance.Insights.com. <laughs> so I mean, it, that is who you should go to for uh, 
They would know. Um, uh, so uh, it's Dilbert mm-hmm. and his boss sitting at a table. Okay. And his boss This says, is great. This is like a comic strip audio book. Yeah. His boss says to Dilbert, mm-hmm. according to the anonymous online employee survey, you don't trust management. Mm-hmm. What's up with that? Mm. And then there's a panel of just Dilbert silently looking at the boss. Mm-hmm. And then the boss says, oh, right. What? <laughs> You see, Dilbert didn't. He, he so the, oh, the survey he said he doesn't trust. Because he that. doesn't trust. Okay, so I for get it. some reason, uh, stuff like that was like I understand <laughs> the logic of that. Stuff like that, you, you were pissing your pants, laughing at it. <laughs> no, I did. I understood the logic, and I guess that is like a clever, technically like a clever. Yeah. like it makes sense, right? And I feel but like that that it's not, it's not a culture that I know. Like right. I'm just like you, that guy must be management. <laughs> Right. Like that's that's it. All right. If I'm gonna assume this guy is management, then right. uh, okay. And I'm guessing management's kind of like the way mom and dad are for me. <laughs> <laughs> I had this uh, uh, a shirt, uh-huh. a Dilbert shirt that said, <laughs> "Casual day has gone too far." <laughs> <laughs> what a weird kid. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was uh, a picture of uh, like a. Uh, Dilbert is walking around in his uh-huh. bathrobe. Yeah. One of his coworkers is dressed up like a superhero. Another oh, one is I walking see. around naked. Uh-huh. Um and another it's a and then should have had should have called it here. And then there's a man in a tutu. Oh. Which uh, that's probably everything else was probably fine to Scott Adams. <laughs> right. <laughs> So she's like, I should be allowed to be naked at work. Why? Because some women are gonna start, uh, yeah, are gonna complain. But that, but that guy shouldn't be allowed to wear a tutu. Yeah. That's disgusting. Um, yeah, I don't know why I was into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you have the books? Did you buy the books too? Or just the shirts? <laughs> or, or you just wanted the apparel? This is how weird I was, Tom. Okay. Okay. So like this became a thing. Like I could see why this strip became popular because people would clip it out and put it on the walls of their cubicle and like, yeah, or, you or know, the share it around the office. Yeah, and it's like, people get, oh, it's yeah, like, it's this like is this relatable, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, so he came out, uh, Scott Adams was like, okay, this is, I'm going to write an actual business book. Right, yeah. And he wrote this book, The Dilbert Principle. Okay. And it was, he had a theory, you know the Peter Principle? No. Matt? It's basically that somebody, like in a corporate culture, mm-hmm. a person will keep getting promoted if right. they're good at their job mm-hmm. to the point where they no longer have the skill like you're yeah, good at they this get role promoted you get... like one above what exactly they and that's at. where they stay and uh-huh. that is detrimental to the company because yeah. while they might have been great at these other jobs like yeah. this is they plateau here and they yeah don't and, you, have and you, you hear that a lot about like people get promoted to management and it's like they weren't they're not a good manager. They were good at what they were doing before, not managing people doing that. Right. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. So the Dilbert principle is a satirical concept, um, which states that companies tend to promote incompetent employees to management to minimize their ability to harm productivity. Mm. I actually like have seen that happen where it's just like, <laughs> yeah. hey, he's a good guy. He's not really good at this. Let's have him manage yeah, some let's people. Let's just have it's him like, be in charge of something. Yeah. Um, but so he wrote a book. Yeah. That was like a, a business book. Uh-huh. And I was 14. It came out in 1996. <laughs> I was 13 or 14 when this yeah, happened. And you're like, I got to figure out how to climb the corporate yeah, ladder. Yeah, I went to Borders Books. Like, my yeah. parents drove me to Borders Books. I bought this. You're wearing your little I, D- yeah, Dilbert Casual Friday shirt. <laughs> I read the whole goddamn book. I didn't understand any of it. But once in a while, every few pages, there'd be a Dilbert cartoon. Oh, okay. And you're and like, like, oh, yeah, 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 Dilbert. But what was I reading this like management book for? Yeah. And also... Uh, you know, I mean, I was going to say like, well, this guy, no, obviously this guy has no problem talking about things he doesn't know, but by, by my assumptions about like how old he is and that starting in 89, he was like in his twenties when he started, uh, Dilbert, right? Um, let's see, 89, he was born in 57. So he was like in his thirties. Okay. All right, he's got a leg to stand on. Yeah. 
If, if he, not not for writing a, a business book, but I mean, he's a guy for knowing that, corporate drudgery. Yeah, I mean, he definitely has a chip on his shoulder, yeah. and has always well, had a chip on. I his shoulder. I heard that he got fired from those other jobs for being white. We'll get to that in a minute. All right, so you got Dilbert. Mm-hmm. You got Dogbert. Okay, and now Dogbert's what? A dog that's Dilbert? Yeah, he's a dog. He's not Dilbert. He's his own guy. Well, he's got a name like Dilbert. Yeah. And is he Dilbert's dog? Yeah, kind of, but also you'll see that he's a little bit of a scamp, uh, hellbent on taking over the world. He's like a proto-Stewie Griffin, your favorite character (laughs) in all of literature. Well, it it, it sounds like he's also kind of like a Snoopy. We're like Snoopy is Charlie Brown's dog, but you know he's kind of an independent. He's out there doing stuff. Oh, no, Dogbert is fully talking yeah. to Dilbert all the time. Oh, he's okay. somehow in the office, like interacting with coworkers too. Okay, that's not important. There's also Catbert. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. Catbert runs human resources. So, cat, uh, an anthropomorphic cat. Yeah. Only from the twisted mind of Scott Adams. <laughs> so, do like uh, talking animals exist outside of these two animals in the Dilbert verse? Yeah, of course. Tom. there's uh, there's also Ratbert. Oh, okay. Um, he's uh, he's as as uh, the Dilbert wiki says, he's mm-hmm. a dim-witted, overly optimistic rat who just wants to be loved. And now, is Dilbert giving all these guys their names? No, why would he name... Well, is he wondering why they're all Burt's, too? No, I think that's just kind of the world they live in. There's also uh, Bob and Don. Okay. And their son, Rex, and they're dinosaurs. What? Yeah. And they work Um, in the office? Unclear. I don't think so. (laughs) They were discovered uh, after Dilbert figured out that dinosaurs were not extinct, just hiding. Okay. I don't think like I think did that happen in the nineties or did that happen afterwards? I, I think so. I think there were like some flights of fancy that yeah, was like yeah. just get back to the things where it's like, geez, my boss sure is dumb. <laughs> right. I mean, that's always been the craziest thing about these comic strip uh writers is like the volume of comics they have to produce and the like uh kind of like guide rails there of like don't try anything too crazy here. Because uh, then people are going to be mad about it, right? Like it, you have to give people what they want every day. Yeah, but you also have to spread your wings and fly and get rat bird in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just a rat, an optimistic rat that just wants to be loved. Yeah, all right. Um, there's a lot of stuff, and I don't know. I think this might have reared its head in the '90s, but mm-hmm. things were just like a little less. Um, of a pressure cooker, right? But like, I'm sure there was so much about PC culture, um, in oh, those yeah, strips yeah. in the '90s. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't know. I feel like everybody joked about that. Yeah, and there was kind of more of a, uh, like, uh, it it wasn't a like political thing. It was kind of like everybody was like. Like uh, PC culture, because a lot of times it was used, I feel like, by politicians to kind of like talk their way out of something they've yeah. done or or minimize something they did by using different language. Yeah, I did read like I was reading about Scott Adams, deplorable <laughs> political views. Uh-huh. And it seems like he has evolved. Like at one point he was just like, uh, I think in 2015, he said he's apolitical and doesn't vote. Yeah. And then a couple uh, of years before that, he's like, yeah, I don't know anything about politics. I'd be inclined to just uh, follow anything Bill Clinton says because he's the most reasonable man I've ever seen in public life or something. Yeah, yeah. Cut to like two years later when he was just like, Hillary Clinton's the devil and she's yeah. sending kids through Wayfair.com to Tom Hanks to be feasted on yeah something. yeah i think the, yeah there's something along I don't, those lines i don't think he he didn't go like q right oh I, yeah i don't know uh, if uh yeah. i don't if he's a q guy or not who hey who cares yeah uh q cares that's true about you <laughs> i know that's why i hang on his every word uh 
And there's a yeah, so there's this uh, there's a female coworker, Tom, mm-hmm. named Alice. Mm-hmm. Um, she's opposed. She's to the, the one f- with the triangle hair. Yeah. Okay. She's opposed to the feminist views of the company they work for. Oh, so the perfect woman. Yeah. In Scott Adams' eyes. Um, the, I, and I'm reading the the Dilbert Wiki mm-hmm. descriptions. So there's Asok. Okay. He's the young, eager Indian intern. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> there's right. a garbage so man. Far, okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's a garbage man who's a genius, which uh-huh. is like, you know, goodwill hey, hunting. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there is a uh, there's the pointy haired boss. Oh, and he's okay. the dumbest guy in the strip because he's the boss, right? And we know about the Dilbert principle, right? Of course. Um, <laughs> I live my life by it. This is a guy uh, that uh, I never. I don't remember coming across, but I think he might be my favorite guy just based on this. His name is Loud Howard. (laughs) All right. And Loud Howard is an extremely loud, well-meaning, yet extremely gullible engineer. I bet he's fun. Yeah. But I bet he's just like, uh, you know, there's a lot of jokes about how, like, management told me that hiring women is good. And then Dogbird explains uh... why that's not good in a wry way. What is uh, Dilbert's personality? He doesn't really have one, milk right? toast. Yeah. yeah, like he, like he's he's kind of like almost a straight man. Yeah, he's frustrated. He's mm-hmm. uh, described as okay. Um, he tries to find logic and righteousness in an evil and crazy business world. Wow. So he's a hero in a way. Yeah. Uh, it's weird that you were uh real into Dilbert because I think around this time when I was a kid. I got a uh, uh, real into Dennis Miller. Really? Yeah, and watching the Dennis Miller show. Kids with HBO, uh-huh. HBO households were way different. Yeah, because like you and Dan had uh-huh. HBO, and you were watching like Dennis Miller and Larry Sanders and stuff. <laughs> yeah, and, like you got, and I was just like, I don't know, watching Ren and Stimpy and reading Dilbert. <laughs> Uh yeah, we were pretty sophisticated. Uh, mm-hmm. and don't forget real sex. I know, but only if only if everybody else was asleep, and uh, everybody knew what was going. And on. And you could, uh, I remember, I would have my uh, finger constantly like half depressing the last channel button oh, that yeah, would just, just bring you to case, a different yeah. channel. So if I heard my my parents' bedroom door open, I could just very quickly hit that. What a what a I mean that was also back when like TVs was. would take a while to change channels. <laughs> what a bummer of a show. Oh, real yeah. sex? Yeah. 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 I didn't, like we shouldn't have been watching real sex at that point. No. We should have been watching uh fake sex. Yeah. Yeah, cuz it it was too real a lot of times. Yeah. I mean, maybe that was good. Maybe that was healthier. Maybe that gave me a, a more realistic uh view than if I was watching uh you know, I don't know, like Cinemax or something where everything was uh, all pristine and perfect. And it wasn't just like, I don't know, a bunch of people who looked like they were uh, like uh, high school art teachers swapping wives. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like all like swinger culture and stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, it was disgusting. <laughs> uh, every once in a while, there would be like, yeah, there, there were just not very, not very good looking people on that show. And like nobody under the age of like 50 on that show. But, uh, you know, you got to remember the Internet wasn't around yet, kids. So you had to uh, find, yeah. find titillation where you could. It's true. Tom, mm-hmm. Dilbert Mania reached its peak, I think, in 1999. Mm-hmm. I would argue it reached its peak uh, two weeks ago. Um, <laughs> and it's been downhill ever since. They made a primetime cartoon show. Oh, yeah, on UPN, right? On UPN. I remember that. And this is the thing. Okay, so it ran for two seasons. UPN was what the CW was. The CW and the WB Two new networks that came out of nowhere. No, no, UPN and the WB. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, no, you said CW and the WB. Oh, no, I said they became the CW. Then they later combined and became the CW. Right. Um, Which I don't even know what the CW stands for. It's... uh, Columbia Warner or something something like that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but UPN was the United Paramount Network. So Paramount Plus before Paramount Plus. Yeah. And uh, Warner Brothers TV. And uh, especially UPN. 
UPN, it did not seem like they knew what they were trying to be. No. They, they did not have a frog all... Hello, my baby. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, like the WB at least was, I feel like, kind of leaning on Warner Brothers IP. Right. Um, But UPN was just kind of like, I don't know, all over the place. Like they tried to dabble in adult animation with uh, not what you're thinking, Tom. I saw your eyes go <laughs> wide. It's like, wow, they put that on TV? <laughs> um, with Dilbert. And I think they did a season of home movies. Do you remember that show? Oh, that yeah, yeah. Squiggle Vision show. Mm-hmm. But then like it was also the home of like Moesha. Yeah. And I think. Uh, and they had that show about uh, Abraham Lincoln's slave. Yeah, remember the Secret Diary of Desmond Pfeiffer. Yeah, there you go. I'm surprised a, uh, a, a succinct title like that didn't roll off my tongue the way it did yours. Well, you alluded to this earlier, mm-hmm. but um, uh, Scott Adams, mm-hmm. um, in, <laughs> in June of 2020, okay, remember what was going on in the culture <laughs> then? Yes, said uh, he said on to his followers on Twitter that uh, the Dilbert cartoon show mm-hmm. had been canceled mm. because he was white, right? And UPN had made a decision to shift towards African American viewers. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. it does seem pretty obvious. That UPN made a decision to uh, shift toward African-American viewers. Yeah. But Dilbert probably wasn't canceled because he was, because Scott Adams was white. Yeah. It's probably because the show did not appeal to African-American viewers yeah, they were like, that the, the, the uh, well, network was targeting. Yeah. It's not like, hey, all the white people get out of here. It's like all the shows that aren't hitting our target demographic now. Yeah, I was going to say, they, they they saw a hole in the market that... that uh, and, pro- and like you said, they, they had... Uh, or like we listed some shows... Mm-hmm. They threw a lot at the wall, and probably yeah. they saw we're getting the best thing with uh, we're getting the best results with shows with primarily black casts. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, targeting you know an underserved audience uh, in primetime network television. Yeah, and and yeah, there's yeah an underserved audience. So like, let's pivot and have that be. And then somebody raised their hand and they said, uh, "Should we keep like the whitest show anybody's <laughs> ever made on the network as well?" <laughs> And they were probably like, what? Oh, Dilbert? No. And also, like, you can chop that show around when it gets canceled. Yeah, I, I'm sure. Home movies landed at Adult Swim. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say that, uh, you know, again, you, you can't take Scott Adams as his word, that I'm sure there were other things that was like, oh, also, this show is, like, costing a lot of money to animate, and it's not that popular. It's not, when that came out, that was, like, after Dilbert's peak. I yeah, feel like. yeah. Tom, um, I'll tell you this much. Mm-hmm. You know who developed the show for TV? Who? Larry Charles. Oh, wow. Like the most subversive Seinfeld writer. Yeah. The director of Borat. Mm-hmm. Um, did just like a bunch of crazy things. Yeah. You know who? All right. You know who was the voice of Dilbert? Who? Daniel Stern. Oh, wow. All right. You know who was the voice of Dogbert? <laughs> who? Chris Elliott. Wow. This this show has a freaking pedigree. Larry Miller was the pointy-haired boss. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can see that. That makes sense. Tom Kenny. Uh, yeah. Uh, SpongeBob, SpongeBob himself. He... <laughs> He did the voice of Asok, who is the... Yeah, that, that uh, would probably, fly nowadays. Yeah, I don't think... Um, Jackie Hoffman, who you probably don't know by name. No, yeah, that name you know, sounds... You oh, know yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. She's from Only Murders in the Building. She's not, yeah. She's like, mm-hmm. So she played Dilbert's mom. So you okay. got... Oh, Jason Alexander played Catbert. Oh wow! Um, All right. So yeah, and this was around the same time he was doing Duckman, if I'm not <laughs> exactly, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. So you got Dilbert, Dogbert, and Catbert. Uh huh. What do you think Dilbert's mom is called? Mombert. No, Dil Mom. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I mean, uh, you gotta keep people on there's their toes. There's no consistency in the world of Dilbert, Tom. They'll always keep you on your. So anyway, uh, John Favreau uh, did an episode. Mm-hmm. Eugene Levy, Chaz Palminteri. Wow, star-studded. Um, <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. There was a really great episode of News Radio that mm-hmm. uh, the nineties oh, that... were Dilbert mania. Yeah, right. Where uh, 
Andy Dick's, uh, I bit my tongue saying Andy Dick. <laughs> Shouldn't talk about him. That's God telling me not to talk. <laughs> Andy Dick's character, Matthew, becomes obsessed with Dilbert yeah. after it's wildly popular, but he thinks he's the first person to discover it. Uh-huh. Um, and Scott Adams made a cameo, but not as himself. Yeah, I, I saw a screenshot of that on Twitter this week where it just said cursed image. And it was Andy Dick, Scott Adams, and Joe Rogan yeah, exactly. all in a shot together. Yeah, imagine, imagine <laughs> what that set was like that day. Yeah. Then you had like, I don't know. Weird show. Great show. Very good radio. show, yeah. Um, best use of Joe Rogan ever? Yeah, I mean Joe Rogan was hysterical on, on Joe news Rogan was radio. Joe Rogan, too. Yeah. Just like a dumb guy who like kinda knew he was dumb, but also yeah. just believed in conspiracy theories and ran his mouth a lot. <laughs> uh yeah, and he wasn't uh like all roided out yet. He yeah. just looked like a regular guy. Yeah. You know who originally was cast as him? Who? Ray Romano. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Fired after the pilot. Wow. I mean, I can see that Ray Romano uh, wouldn't fit that role as no. well. No, I mean, yeah. what role is it? That, like, it's like, uh, it's either a Ray Romano or Joe Rogan. It's down to the <laughs> a lot of times, it comes down to that in Hollywood. Um, one other thing mm-hmm. indicative of uh, of uh, Dilbert mania, yeah, is the Dilburrito. Oh, okay. Um, and what was that, Tom? It was a burrito. <laughs> And where could you find this? Was this only at Scott Adams' house? He would make them for uh, guests. Sorry, I, I I had this up. I closed the window. Uh huh. Um, how many seasons of that cartoon were there? Um, is, is two. That, oh, it like, got and it, oh, got, okay. it got canceled. I was gonna say that that also strikes me as the kind of thing where, uh, like it could have gone on for like nine seasons and I didn't hear about it ever. Yeah, and also two seasons. In animation, that means they got started on that second season probably before the first season had even aired. Yeah. You know, so it's probably like, look, we're committed to making two seasons of this. And then I could definitely see by the second season it being like, it's not catching on. Yeah. I mean... I I mean Dilbert Superfan. We, we've 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 looked into it, and unfortunately, your demographic of thirteen-year-old boys have aged out <laughs> by the time the Dilbert cartoon came around. Um, the Dilburrito mm-hmm. was a vegan microwave burrito introduced in 1999. Okay, same time uh, they launched the the yeah. TV show by Scott Adams Foods Incorporated. <laughs> God, why? Um, um, I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. Um, his inspiration for the product was that quote: "Diet is the number one cause of health-related problems in the world." I figured I could put a dent in that problem and make some money at the same time. His aim was to create a healthy food product that also had mass appeal, mm-hmm. which, uh, which a concept he called the blue jeans of food which like <laughs> i don't think blue jeans are like healthy <laughs> the, the, the analogy breaks down a little bit but i think he was just kind of like i want to make a microwave burrito that like isn't bad for you right like, um again noble cause i think this is just a guy mm-hmm. i think at many times just had too many ideas in his head yeah i was gonna say that that like uh, that str- that i feel like uh says a lot about him He's like one of these guys that thinks something like that is like the solution to society's ills. Like, oh, if only there was a healthy microwave burrito. I'm sure that microwave burrito was not that healthy still. It was still like processed to hell. Probably had a ton of salt in it. Well, Tom, Mm -hmm. the New York Times uh, said the burrito could have been designed only by a food technologist or by someone who eats lunch without much thought to taste. Mm. Um, but Scott Adams. Oh, okay, so at, yeah, then that's the other way it could go. That like it is healthy, but it tastes like cardboard. At like this is the thing. Before people get brain worms, sometimes mm. they can be self-deprecating. Yeah. Scott Adams said the mineral fortification was hard to disguise, and because of the veggie and legume content, three bites of the dill burrito made you fart so hard your <laughs> intestines formed a tail. Wow. Which is like. All right, it's a, it's a funnier joke than I've ever seen in Dilbert. <laughs> yeah, it's also probably something that he he spent like fifty million dollars of oh, his yeah. own money. But, but uh, but he he's got a lot of money. This is my thing about Scott Adams. Uh huh. Like 
before they took Dilbert out of all the, before his syndicate mm-hmm. dropped him, before yeah. they took it out of, he was probably like rolling in the dough. Yeah, I have to imagine. I was thinking about that because uh, he said something on Twitter about like, well, my, my, like uh, primary source of income has dropped off. And it's like your primary source of income at this point, I'm sure is investments. Like there's yeah. no way that, uh, that you're getting paid. I'm sure his like rate has stayed stagnant, maybe even gone down over, or maybe not the rate, but it's like, oh, there just aren't as many newspapers out there anymore. We can't pay you what we were 20, he's, 30 years I'm ago. I'm sure he's got more money than God. Yeah, that that he was not relying in any way on that money. This just feeds my theory mm-hmm. that when you get a certain amount of money, yeah, shut the fuck up and go away. <laughs> like, you're only doing yourself a disservice. Like same thing with like JK Rowling, like Mm -hmm. just go with your billions of dollars, have your thoughts, tell your friends about them. But like, you don't need to do this. And like Scott Adams, you didn't even need to keep, like you could have just gone to your syndicate and been like, all right, let's run 2005 through 2010 Dilbert for the next five years. We'll send those to newspapers. <laughs> see if anybody notices. Yeah, I bet nobody would notice and be Hell, like, "Oh, they yeah, noticed that somebody drew hair on Charlie Brown." Exactly, vandals, Tom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Some claimed it was an inside job. <laughs> I've I've heard that somewhere. Um, but like, just shut up. Like, I don't understand why people who are super rich and have mm-hmm. like. He he said like he's a guy who like he does a lot of writing. Yeah, um, and he, yeah. I was I I looked it up because he said like oh my next book got canceled. And I like looked it up on Amazon. He's got like twenty books that are like yeah he's got self help like, business yeah. type things. And like again, he's got a lot of theories. Yeah, and that's fine. Like it's like oh I think what the world needs to solve its ills like to solve disease is a microwave burrito that's healthy, right? <laughs> uh-huh. Like it's like. There's some logic to that, but like you're, his he he had a book that came out in 2018 called Loser Think, mm-hmm. 2019, how untrained brains are ruining America. Okay. Um, in the book, he suggests that many otherwise intelligent people are trapped by unproductive ways of thinking. The reason for this is they don't experience they don't have experience across multiple domains and thus are not equipped to think more productively. Like. And well, well like, like probably, yeah, yeah, but also like Scott Adams, you don't have to solve this. Well, also like what what uh, experience do you have in that? You you draw a comic strip. He's in the comics business. He's in the television business. He's in the burrito business. <laughs> well, exactly. It's like you you got into a bunch of other businesses that like pretty much immediately failed. Luckily, you could still keep running this comic strip. Yeah. And like, I'm sure the as bo- long as you don't say anything too racist on a live stream. Yeah. Anything that just like unabashedly like it's not a dog whistle. It's just saying what you actually think. Um. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm sure those business books like do okay too. That like he had enough fans. That, yeah, that yeah. There's a reason why they kept like pumping those out. A logic to his business stuff that like he's like okay, yeah, yeah. right. It's not reinventing the wheel, but I'm sure there's like common sense yeah. stuff in there. When he's not saying deplorable things, it's right? Like, All right. Hey, I'd buy a book if you just wrote about <laughs> farting out your intestines or whatever. Um. He does in that book, Loser Think. Okay. Um, suggest two ideas for a calmer internet. All right. Number one, <laughs> the 48 hour rule, where everyone should be given a grace period of a couple of days to retract any <sighs> controversial statement they've made. He suggested that rule. Mm hmm. And then didn't take it. <laughs> <laughs> right. And also, it's like. Anyone can do that. Yeah. Are you saying the rule should be that we all agree if somebody apologizes within two days? Should it be a law? Like a take back (laughs) law? Yeah. And also like, you know, what's the difference between like unintentionally using like a, not like a racial slur, but like sometimes people put words in stuff and it's like, oh, I didn't actually know what that Mm -hmm. word meant. 
Um, I don't want to say any of the words, <laughs> but like, and, and they come out and they're like, I'm, I apologize. Like I'm thinking this happened with, uh, like Beyonce. Right. She put, I think the word spaz in, yeah. in it. And that she like, didn't know that it's like, cause that's more of like a, a, a term that's used. I think in, that was Lizzo, Tom. Oh, was it Lizzo? Oh, no, no. I, I think they, I think they might've both done yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but, but that's the thing that it's like in the UK, they use that as like a derogatory term. Like, mm-hmm. oh, that person's a spaz where here yeah, it's like, list. oh, I spazzed out. And, you know, when people pointed out to these people, they were like, oh shit, I had no idea. I'll change it. I'm so sorry. It goes away yeah. like that. And that's the thing about cancel culture. It's like, no, people, when you sincerely just fuck yeah. up and apologize, most of the time, people are given a pretty wide berth. Yeah. The other thing, the other uh, thing is that was the 48 hour rule. This is the 20 year rule <laughs> okay. where everyone should be automatically forgiven for any mistakes they made more than two decades ago, with the exception of certain very serious crimes like to know what scott adams is concerned is going to come out about him in the 90s look if somebody's managed to keep something quiet for 20 years they should be allowed to get away with it but i mean again it's like yeah that pretty much is the way things work like people if something happened two decades ago uh, and you show contrition and you show growth yeah yeah then, anyway. then, then it's fine. But yeah, I mean, I love that all these people have these like kind of like uh, you know all these all these uh, free speech absolutionists have these like uh, uh, dictatorial authoritarian ideas about like. <laughs> but we should tell everybody how to think and whether they should be mad or not. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's also like a guy that's like obsessed with like persuasion, and he's yeah, like a hypnotist. I, sa- I and, saw like, he he's been married twice and both times i think it was so like uh you know like women in their early mid-20s yeah um he took dale carnegie training oh okay called it life-changing yeah um that's that's how he became so persuasive that's how he's made so many friends and influenced so many people he's really into affirmations did i say this before oh yeah no you didn't say it before but i think i read something about that that like he's he's one of these people that would like write down what he wanted or say it out loud yeah and like he wrote a long thing like Mm. in the early 90s about Mm. like how he was just like he wrote every day like 15 times scott adams will be a syndicated cartoonist scott adams will be a syndicate and he's like I know that doesn't put energy into mm-hmm. the world. He's like, to me, that was like something that seemed so far off. Yeah. But like writing it that much, like tricked my brain. I did it every day for six months and it tricked my brain into thinking it was something achievable and it allowed me to actually pursue. And it's like, I think there's a little, you know, I don't think it's focus. Yeah. But also it's like, it seems harmless and like, right. Yeah. It does, yeah, okay. yeah. That, that takes you three minutes in the morning. That's fine. Yeah. But in that article, he also wrote, I'm not doing any affirmations at the moment, mostly because I already have everything I want except a Nobel prize. <laughs> and that, even that wouldn't change my life much, which I would argue winning the Nobel prize. Like, that probably, changes everybody. No, I don't know if you, if you're already got like millions and millions of dollars, if somebody then, like him won a Nobel, how would he win it? How would his day to day life change? Uh, he'd be more respected. He, he wouldn't be, uh, Scott Adams. He wouldn't be like, a, <laughs> I don't know, just like yeah. a rich idiot. It just makes me like, I already have everything I want except mm-hmm. a Nobel Prize. Then stop. <laughs> Cash out, man. Yeah. Stop talking on the internet. Just go like Yeah. If I you mean, like on... writing Dilbert every day, yeah. Freaking do it. Yeah. And like I don't want to know anything about you. I wanna I wanna pull that casual day has gone too far <laughs> shirt out of my closet and wear it proudly. But I don't yeah. think that's gonna happen well, now, anytime. Now, ever now again. it's completely out yeah. of circulation. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a wild thing. I mean, he, he honestly, like, uh, and I'm not even like trying to, uh, shit on him. Not that he doesn't deserve that, but he, he seems like an incredibly lonely person. Yeah. 
Like, I think that the reason why he's like doing a live stream every week or every day or something he was doing, it's like, yeah, I don't think he has like people around him. I think he's probably alienated everybody mm, he knows. Sycophants, though. I'm sure he's got some sycophants, but uh, look, Tim, a sycophant's never going to completely fulfill uh, like a narcissist desire yeah. to uh, to to have connection with other people. Yeah, it just seems like he's one of these guys that's like always trying to like logic things and like yeah, and like like along the lines of those like 48 hour rules and 20. Mm-hmm. It's like stop trying to like apply. Yeah. Like, oh, like it's the same line uh, line of thinking of like the guys that set up those tables, and it's like blah oh, blah yeah. blah. Right. Change my mind. It's yeah. Like, I don't think everybody just wants to debate all the time. <laughs> I think people just want to live their lives, and like it's cool, Scott Adams, that you're always thinking about like, well, the reason that people aren't as productive as they could be is because mm. they're not thinking across multiple disciplines. It's like, dude, just. Fucking watch a movie or something. Yeah. Or like, well, and go also, for a bike ride. I also think there's like a tendency of people like that to to be like, I'm going to tackle the big problems. I don't really have any life experience. I haven't really like had a conversation, a meaningful conversation with like he anyone worked in corporate America for almost a decade before he started cartooning. Yeah, but that was 35 years ago. Yeah. Like I'm saying nowadays. That it's like, when do you think the last time he's talked to somebody who wasn't like a sycophant, work for him, or also a multimillionaire, mm. you know? And these people don't actually get any contact with like the outside world. And then they think, I know the solution to everything mm-hmm. and I know how to impose it on them. And it's like, that's not the way reality works. Well, nobody be... wants that. And you don't have to do that. Nobody's yeah. asking you to solve any problms, Scott Adams. Yeah. Right, Dogbert might be. Dogbert doesn't need the help. Dogbert, Tom. Several times I read he took over the world successfully and then got bored. Wow! Because there was uh, he presided over um, peace and prosperity, Mm. and he's like, "Yeah, this is too boring," and he He, gave it back up. So I think there's like a uh, fascist dictatorial (laughs) uh, streak in uh, Scott Adams' thinking too. Oh, absolutely! If I could just rule the world, and if I could just tell everybody. Exactly what to do. If I could tell these uh, 23-year-old women that I date and marry that they should stay dating me. I don't know that that's true, Tom. I don't think we should slander the man. Libel. What's the thing? Well, you're you're the diehard fan, so I'll defer to you. Uh, this concludes our discussion about the comic strip Dilbert. <laughs> if you like the show, you can find out more at tcgte.com. You can find our social media links there. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Tom Reynolds. Follow me at your pal, Tim. And you can check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash complete guide, where uh, we, we read books every week. But uh, this week, we're not reading books. We're watching a movie. We just read the Bible. Well, we read an abridged version of the Bible. And then we watched uh, 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 Dogma. The, the Kevin Smith movie, which also was a favorite of yours as a teenager. Yeah. So I was a big is, Kevin Smith. This is, this is, uh, I thought teen... Chasing Amy was the deepest movie. <laughs> uh, it's it's Teen Tim Week on the, <laughs> on the Complete Guide to Everything in Books, the podcast. Uh, so you can check that out. You get all the back episodes, all that stuff. It's amazing I turned out to be like a semi-normal person. Don't, don't say what I think you're going to say. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing that you're not worse, but I... It... I... I'm a but functional I adult. I bought a Subaru <laughs> Forester, goddammit. Have you gotten that yet? No, I had to keep delaying it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> you brought it up. Uh, Patreon.com slash complete guide in case I didn't say that again. Tim, you failed to mention that Scott Adams, at least at one time, if not currently, lives in a castle shaped like Dilbert's head. I did not know that. You didn't know that? No. Search that real quick. Dilbert Castle and take a look at this thing. I don't know if he, I think he, I mean, I don't know who you could sell that to, but I uh, click images. You know how uh, search engines work? Maybe, maybe search Scott Adams Dilbert Castle. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
I mean, I imagine he still lives in it because oh, this thing. Yeah. Because how are you going to sell somebody at Dilbert Castle? Also, I mean, that that, that was thirteen. That's like a real. Uh, that's not I a don't know. Picture. G- a guy like that, like oh, I'm going to live in an actual castle. Yeah. Like anyone will tell you, like actually, castles suck. <laughs> They're drafty and moldy. Like it was the best they could think of, you know, uh, six hundred years ago. But we've come up with better ideas for things. But, uh, I don't know, only so many structures you can shape like Dilbert's head. Tom, a sales guy comes up to Dilbert. Dilbert's doing work at his computer, and mm-hmm. a guy from sales comes up. Okay. Says, oh, boy, one of these guys from sales. I hate sales. Can you cross-train me to be an engineer? Dilbert's an engineer, uh-huh. you see. Yeah. Dilbert says, Absolutely. All you need is a time machine and a brain with twice as many folds as your current model. Owned. That's not even the punchline, Tom. Okay. Uh, The salesman has second thoughts after hearing that. Maybe I could try marketing. Oh, I see. Because, yeah. yeah, Then does Dilbert say something? Dilbert says, even he freaking twists the knife. That's just liquor and guessing. Oh. 14-year-old Tim was like, I want to buy a shirt. <laughs> Take my money, Scott Adams. All right. We'll see you next week. I kind week. of get it now. I think it's kind of amusing. I don't know. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>